0: Well, good morning, Higher Vision. It's so good to see all of you after the week of the well. Did anybody have a great time at the well last weekend? Wow, it was amazing what God did. I want to welcome our online campus. We have people from Bogosa Springs in Colorado, Fresno, California, Santa Maria, Santa Maria Palm Springs, Orange County, Czech Republic, Mongolia, Arkansas, Chicago, Wichita. Come on, welcome our online campus. Isn't that awesome? Wow. We are so glad you're with us. If you're a guest, my name is Jared Mang. I'm the lead pastor here. And, you know, we're excited what God is doing. We're starting a new series this weekend called Serve. And uh, as you grab your Bibles, wherever you get that, if it's through your phone or an iPad or actual uh, Bible with pages, why don't you pull it out and turn to Mark chapter 16? As you're turning there, you know I like to start with funny things. And so uh, now I just want to say before I tell this story or this joke, no judging, no judging. All right, come on, y'all with me? Okay, be kind and sweet this morning. So I heard a story about these two ladies that died and went to heaven. When they got to heaven, St. Peter was standing at the gate and he invited them in and here's what he said. He said, hey, you you ladies are gonna love it here if you follow one main rule. And they're like, okay, what is that? He said, you can't step on a duck. Do not step on a duck. You know, if you step on a duck, they make a lot of racket. So like, okay, okay. So sure enough, about a week later, one of the ladies accidentally steps on a duck. When she does, St. Peter comes walking up, and when he comes walking up, there's a man with him, and this man is extremely unattractive. I mean, there is nothing appealing about him whatsoever. Peter then says to her, you know, for your punishment, you're going to be chained to this man. So he chains them together. Well, seeing this, the other lady is like, well, I'm going to be really careful and make sure I don't step on a duck. Well, about a month later, suddenly, St. Peter, out of the blue, walks up to her. And when he walks up with him is this incredibly attractive man. He's got a great physique. I mean, he looks like a movie star. And, and so she's thrilled. She's excited because St. Peter changed them together. And, and in her excitement, she said, I don't understand. She says, I, I, she looks at the man and she says, I don't know what I did to deserve being chained to you. And he said, well, ma'am, I don't know what you did either, but I stepped on a duck. Okay. Uh, sorry. Okay. I told you, no judging. Come on. I feel like the Nacho Libre Libro show, right? Stop judging me. All right. I mean, we're all beautiful in the eyes of the Lord. Come on now, right? You made us all beautiful. Amen. I want to welcome everybody joining us. And I also want to shout out to um, our missionaries in the Czech Republic. We're so glad that you're with us. And Camden, one of our ministry meet, um, leaders here, is there with them right now. Welcome them. Say, hey, it's good to see you. It's good to have you with us. You know, the, the theme the next three weeks is serve. And the reason we chose this title is because, in fact, if you look at the card you received that was passed out earlier, you'll see the word serve. The word serve is an acrostic for our missions, efforts, and focus and thrust here at Higher Vision. And when we get a little farther into the message, I'm gonna explain what those four letters mean and how they connect to serve. What I wanna to do today is we focus on missions. I wanna take two verses that are missions verses. And I want to draw some points out. And it may seem simplistic, but I think there's a profound message here that we need to receive. So if you will, why don't you stand to your feet? We're going to read this first passage in Mark chapter 16. We're going to look at verse 15. And I want everyone to read this with me. All of you online, would you do the same? I want you to read it out loud. Come on, everybody, let me hear you. Ready? From the beginning, Mark 16 verse 15 says, Go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved. But anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. These miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. Now, some of you remember that last part of the verse because this last several weeks, we've been on the theme believe. And we've learned that miraculous supernatural things accompany belief. Now, I'm not gonna break that down and talk about it, but if you wanna go back to our website, you can listen to those messages But what I want you to to notice there is that missions is connected to belief. And so we're going to tie that in the message today. But I also want to give you another verse, which I think is very appropriate for having gone through the weekend that we just did with the well. It's found in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. And I'm going to have everybody read this with me as well. You ready? Come on, join me. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere. In Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Guys, leave that up. I want you to close your eyes. Holy Spirit, we just say have your way in this place. I pray that there would be a special anointing on everything spoken. And that our hearts would be ready to receive your truth. Lord, speak to us. Let us be people who know how to serve. We give you the glory, Lord, and we give you the praise. In Jesus' name, somebody shout amen. Amen. You may be seated. We learned that mission and belief go together, but we also learned in this last passage that Jesus said whenever you have an encounter with the Holy Spirit, there should be something that that is connected to that, and that is that you're to be missional. The power of the Holy Spirit isn't just for manifestations. The power of the Holy Spirit is for missions. So he said the Spirit, and many of us had encounters. Somebody many had encounter with God this last weekend in a profound way? The Holy Spirit touched your life. Well, Jesus said the Holy Spirit is there so that you're missional. And then he goes on to say, and you'll be a missionary in Jerusalem, in Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. This part right here is a pattern for how we at Higher Vision and many churches look at missions. Jerusalem was the local city. Judea and Samaria was kind of the region like LA County. And then obviously the rest of the world is global. And that's really the approach we take with missions. This week we're going to focus on the first one, on Jerusalem. Next week we're going to focus on Judea and Samaria. We're going to talk about our region. And then in week three we're going to talk about the ends of the earth. And we're going to tie that into our missions thrust here at Higher Vision. So I want to give you two points that I believe you're gonna remember when you leave this morning. Because if you and I, how many have had an encounter with the Holy Spirit? If you've gotten saved, you have. Because you've received the Holy Spirit when you accepted Christ. So here's the first point, ready? Write this down. Number one, you need to believe you are on a mission. Everybody say that with me. Believe you are on a mission. You know, when I was growing up, at church, um, every year, the missionary would show up for one weekend. Anybody who grew up in church know what I'm talking about, right? They would show up, and they were the missionary, and they were from, you know, Papua New Guinea or Asia or someplace in Africa. And what would they do? They would come, and they were the missionary. And they also had the little brochure that they passed out with the pictures of the kids that were starving. How I mean, you know many I'm talking about. And they would have the little, you know, the little machine that had the slides in it that projected onto the wall, and they would tell the stories But let me just say, you don't have to go to a foreign country for a long period of time to be a missionary. And let me say this, you don't even have to go to a foreign country for a short missions trip to be a missionary. And let me say, we're going to give you those opportunities in 2017. They're going to be awesome opportunities all year long for you to go on short-term missions. A lot of you can't do that because of finances, because of family and kids, because of job. But let me say, you don't have to go on a long-term or short-term overseas trip to be a missionary, and here's why. Because every Christian is called to be a missionary. I want everyone to say that with me. Every Christian is called to be a missionary. Let me prove it to you. Because Jesus said, when you receive the power of the Holy Spirit, Go be a missionary. And then he says, and I'm going to make it practical for where we are today, in our context, in Valencia. In other words, when you get saved, you need to understand that when you walk out of that experience and you go back into the arena you're in back into that school, back into that job, back onto that field, right? Back into that situation, back into that coffee shop, back into that address in your neighborhood. You need to understand that I've called you to be a missionary and you are on a mission. I love the signs that sometimes churches have. When you walk out the door, there's a little sign that simply says, you are now entering the mission field. You see... God wants you to awaken and believe that you're on a mission because the reality is the mission goes wherever the missionary goes. So wherever you are, wherever you go, wherever you live, you're on a mission. Now, when we think about mission we think about Jesus talking about the fact that we're called to go into the world, there's a passage of Scripture that comes to, to mind, and I want to show it to you, but I want to show you a part of it that maybe you haven't looked at before. Let's go to Matthew chapter 5, verse 14. Here's what it says. It says, You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Therefore... Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. How many have ever heard that verse before? How many, when you hear that verse, the first thing that jumps into your mind is what jumps into my mind? This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Hide it under a bushel. No, I'm gonna let it come on. How many remember that song? And the best part was, Don't let Satan it out. I'm gonna let it sh-. anybody know that song? Come on now. Because when we listen to that verse, our focus goes to the fact that we're called to be missionaries, we're called to be the light to a darkened world. You know, we live in a world that is very dark. The Bible says that the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them who don't believe so they can't see the glorious light of the gospel of Christ but he has put the light to shine in our hearts so that we can see the reflection of the goodness of Jesus Christ. The world is dark and you and I are the light and so when we see that verse, we focus on the fact that well, we're called to be missionaries. We're called to be a light to a dark world, right? But here's the part that people don't focus on. Guys, can you go back in the verse Because it says this, it says you don't put a light under a basket, a lamp, but you put it on a lampstand so it can light the whole room. Here's the part I want to focus on. You see, in the, the times that Jesus shared this, this is what it kind of looked like in Israel. People that lived in Israel, they had a home, and those homes were made of mud, they were made of straw, they were made of different materials, and they were fully enclosed. It was usually one room or maybe two rooms fully enclosed and there was just a doorway and there was a little tiny square window the point I'm making is that the house was really dark in the middle of the day and at night you just couldn't see so in order for you to see in the house you had to have a lamp and the lamps in those days were a bowl filled with oil with a wick in it and they would take and light the wick and it would burn But they didn't just put the light in the house. They had a special place for the light to go. It was called the lampstand. And the lampstand was some place that was built up and elevated so high that when they intentionally put the light where it was supposed to go, it affected the entire room. Now, some of you say, well, why are you talking about that, Pastor Jared? Well, the reason that I'm sharing is because when you begin to understand that you don't live at Capri Court in Costa California or you don't live in Canyon Country or you don't live in Lancaster or you don't attend Valencia High School or or you don't work at Biometrics or whatever or Microsoft by accident, that the Bible says that if we're the light of the world, you have been put where you are on purpose because God has you on a mission. Amen? In fact, did you know the Bible says that in Acts that every single person in the world, God has predetermined when in history they will live and where they will live. The point I'm making is that if God says you're called to be a missionary... You're on a mission, then you need to know that God has put you on that lampstand in your sphere of influence, on that soccer field, in that, that book club, at that Starbucks, at that job, at that school, because he's called you. And you know, we think about missionaries, well, they're called to Zimbabwe. Guess what? When God looks at you, he sees that you're called to your neighborhood, to your city, to your job, because you are on a mission. Somebody say, man, that's interesting, isn't it? You see, what that verse is telling us is that we are where we are because God said, I have planted you there. In fact, it makes me think of my brother Wayman. Now, some of you know my, my older brother Wayman. He is our executive pastor. Four years ago, him and his family moved here. They were living in the state of misery. I mean, Missouri, and um, they they moved out here and they joined our team he became our executive pastor and started working with our teams and and structure our systems worked also in some of the the business side of things and ministry side of things and obviously a great preacher all just has so many different gift sets it's such a blessing to have on our team when they first moved here they were struggling to find a place to live because there was the downturn in the economy things were going weird um, they had tried to sell their house, and, and so they ended up living in three different locations in the first six months they lived here. They lived in a rented house, and then they moved, and that got sold, and they moved to an apartment. And, and so they were trying to find where they were supposed to live. Well, it just so happened, eventually, after a lot of prayer by all of our staff and a lot of people at this church, God opened a door, and they moved onto a street called Mallorca. And when they moved in... They, they got there, they were so happy to be there, they were meeting all the neighbors, and of course Easter was not far away, and so I remember them taking the Easter signs that we handed out, and they put it in their front yard, and, and one day as the, the Easter sign was in the front yard, and they were talking to the neighbor next door, he starts to ask him, you know, so tell me about this church that you went to, or you go to, called Higher Vision, and, and he starts saying, well let me tell you about it, he said, actually I work at that church, and I'm a pastor, and he's like, oh you're a pastor, I knew there was something weird about you, and um, uh, you know, he begins to talk to him, and then he goes, and I guess he googled him, because he wanted to see if he was like you know strange and weird and and he finds out he is no uh, he I'm his brother I can say that come on and so he, he Googles him, and he finds out he has a book that he's written, and so he buys the book, and, and then he starts listening to our podcasts online, and this is a man who hadn't been saved. He had been out of a, a church, which wasn't even the church that, under, that received Jesus as Lord and Savior. It was a, a, a different type of, of religion. He'd been out of that for 40 years, and now, let me tell you today, he's, a short time after that, he ended up coming to Easter. He ended up giving his life to Christ. His kids rededicated, gave their lives to to Christ he eventually sold his his uh, house now he lives in another state and he loves Jesus he 's got a Twitter with th- like thousands and thousands of Twitter followers and he talks about things that and encourages things that come to have to do with spirituality and Christ and Jesus and can I just tell you that Wayman realizes that I realized that he didn't just land in a house because there was nobody else there and it just happened to be the right one he landed there because God had him on a mission and he knew that there there was a man that nobody else could touch except him. In fact, could it be that nobody else can bring the light to the people that are in your sphere of influence? Because no one will walk the steps you walk. No one will work the places you work. No one will go the places you go. Could it be that you are the only missionary that God can send because he put you there for a purpose so that you could bring the light of Christ Here's the point. You've got to believe you're on a mission. Somebody say, I'm on a mission. I'm on a mission. Let me just give you one thought and we're going to go on. Make your life a mission, not an intermission. There's a lot of people biding time. There's a lot of people waiting around. Well, one day I'm going to go to heaven. But listen, God has you on a mission, so take advantage of the mission that you've been placed on. Somebody say amen. Amen. It's good preaching, Pastor Jared, amen. It's good stuff, amen. Believe you're on a mission, point number two, write this down, if you're not taking notes, write this down, ready? Believe you have a message. Not only believe you're on a mission, but believe you have a message. I wanna read to you what it says in Acts chapter 1, verse eight. It says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my what? You'll be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere. Notice what it doesn't say. Because here's what a lot of people think. Because I know your first thought is, well, Pastor Jared, if I'm on a mission, you've got to understand, I'm not a preacher. I'm not an evangelist. I don't know how to put one of those sermons together like you do. I can't get up and tell a joke. When I tell a joke, It flops. I'm not a preacher. But notice, it doesn't say the Spirit of God will come upon you and make you a preacher. He said the Holy Spirit is gonna come upon you so that you will be a what? A witness. witness. You know, what's interesting is the word witness in the Greek there, it's connected to the idea of of, a judicial or a a law, you know, the law or a courtroom. And here's what it means. Someone who is giving a record of or witness to In other words, if you get called to be a witness in a trial, now sometimes they call the expert, but most of the time, what do they do? They call a witness, and here's what the witness has to do. They don't have to know everything. They don't have to have a degree in criminology. They don't have to understand how guns work and ammunition and what the laws are. Here's what they have to do. They simply have to be a witness of what they have seen, of what they have heard, and of what they have experienced. See, a lot of us are not activated on the mission. You know that they've got covert right people out there for America that are, you know, covert CIA agents, and they get the call, you're activated. They show up and and they give Tom Cruise the note. This is your mission, should you accept it? And I think that's where a lot of us are. We think we're covert agents. And we're waiting for the activation. But I want you to know something. When you were sent, the mission began. When you were saved, the mission began. Because every one of us have a story. Every one of us have an experience. Every one of us have experienced the love, the grace, the power of Jesus Christ. And Jesus said, when you go be a witness and tell people about me here's the question when was the last time you had a conversation about Jesus with somebody could it be that if you haven't maybe it's because number one you don't believe you're on a mission you don't believe that where you are is God placing you there for a purpose and maybe number two it's because somehow the devil has lied to you and told you you don't have a message listen you don't have to have been a drug addict and in prison To have a testimony. How many know that all of us were sinners, but we all have been saved by grace? Come on. And so we have to believe that we have a a mission and we have to believe that we have a message. And I want to say that message is Jesus. In fact, we live in a culture, I'm going to just jump off this sermon and get on a soapbox for a minute. There's a lot of people that like to talk about God. And I'll tell you, we live in a culture that is okay to talk about God. But the same antichrist spirit that started in the very beginning when Jesus came is still here today. Because remember when, when Peter and John went to the gate beautiful and there was a man who was lame and he gets healed? He said, I don't have silver and gold, but what I have in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. And Jesus healed that man. And what happened? They arrested Peter. Why? And they took him to the, to the, the, the Sanhedrin, the, the court of, of religious leaders. And they said, what are you doing? How did that happen? And they said, this happened because of Jesus. And what did they do? They said, okay, okay. We're glad a miracle happened, but just don't talk about Jesus. We live in a culture that, okay, you can talk about God, you can talk about this, but I'm telling you, God is wanting you to awaken and understand that you are where you are for a reason. You are on a mission. You have a message, and that message is that there is a man who came to this earth. He was the Son of God. He died on a cross for our sin, and he changed our lives, and the world will never be the same again. Listen, you don't have to have a theology degree, you don't have to be a prophet or be a teacher or a preacher. All you have to do is be a witness. I had a, a crazy experience happen. I'm going to tell it to you real quick. My, my wife and I my kids were on our way back from out of town for a wedding. And we happened to be flying back in on a Sunday. It was not that long ago. And when church was going on, um, what was cool is that I was at church with you on my phone. I was watching church and we were at the airport, we were at baggage claim, waiting for our bags to come. So I'm standing here, um, Macy is right beside me, DeVette is kind of on her phone right here and I think Haley's somewhere, I forget what was going on and I'm standing there looking at my phone, watching the service, enjoying the worship, when suddenly people start screaming and running all over the place. And I, I don't notice because I had my headphones in and I was looking at the service when suddenly the vet grabs my arm. He's like, Jared, Jared. And I look around and people are screaming, gun. And literally people are running and there's there were offices and there was, they're running and jumping behind trash cans, jumping behind the thing. And so we take off running. And of course, Mr. Prepared and um, you know, Mr. Safety and Mr., you know, karate and self-defense, we run to the thing that's closest to us, the glass window. (laughs) So now, Devette and I and Macy are kneeling down. There's some chairs there. We're kneeling down in front of the glass window, and uh, Haley is there with us. I don't see her. And then suddenly we realize that this is not a good place because as I look to my right, I see police officers running through the building. They have their guns drawn And they're yelling, get back, get back, shooter, get back. I got to tell you, it was one of the, 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 the scariest moments of my life. And we realized that the reason we were in the wrong place was because the shooter was on the other side of the glass. So we took off. I mean, I didn't know that the vet could run so fast she bolted macy bolted i start to bolt but then we were like haley but what we didn't know is that haley had dived underneath the chairs and was hiding behind the chairs suddenly superhuman strength. I mean, it's like, you know, remember there's superheroes and there's Wonder Woman. Well, she was like, I don't know. Suddenly, the whole row of chairs go flying away from the wall. And Haley jumps up and she takes off running. And we run around the, the side. And when we get to the bathroom, people are telling us, run in here. And we see people running into the bathroom. Long story short, there had been two cars that had hit each other. There's a, I, I, I'm thinking a gang member or someone got out pulled his gun. They said there was a shot. We don't know if it was the shot or the cars hitting each other. The police came and uh, they ended up arresting four people. And I want to tell you that we could be called to be a witness. Not because I know a lot about criminology. Not because I understand guns and how they work. But because I had an experience I saw something, I heard something, and I want to tell you when the devil tells you that you don't have the ability to preach, that, that you don't have a theology degree, you need to understand something that you have an experience. There was an enemy who came after you. He's called the devil, but guess what? He was defeated. He was arrested. He was put in jail, and you have been liberated from sin, death, hell and the grave because of the power of Jesus Christ so hear me now you've got a testimony you've got to believe that you have a message you've got to believe that you're on a mission I want to show you one last thing in this passage and then I want to I want to show you a video I want to show you this verse because there's a part of this verse that we miss we miss the emphasis of it let's go back to Acts chapter 1 verse 8 it says but you will receive power when the holy spirit comes on you and you will be my what witnesses and then we're going to fast forward a verse or two and look what it says after saying this jesus was taken up into a cloud how many of you think that's cool i mean to watch jesus literally like fly into the sky i mean it's like you get to see a little superman thing going on there jesus ascends He was taken up into a cloud while they were watching. They got to see it. Is that not cool? And they could no longer see him. And look what it says. And as they strained to see him raising into heaven, two white robed men suddenly stood among them. Men of Galilee, they said, why are you standing here? Now I want to pause that for a minute. And I want to say, how many of you have kids? Okay, how many here remember the day when you would tell your kids, go upstairs and take a shower? Come on. How many are thankful for showers? Come on, I think every school teacher would be waving their hand like crazy right now. Can you imagine what it would be like with 30 students and their parents didn't make them take a shower? Hallelujah for showers. I've smelled my kids. Have you smelled your kids? Come on you ever, have you ever smelled that dirty dog smell? They come in when they just go out. Literally, they can just take a shower and just walk outside and turn around and walk back in, and they already smell like dirty dog. Come on, how many know what I'm talking about? So, have you ever told your kid, go take a shower? But then, you're not realizing it. Five minutes, 10 minutes, 20 minutes go by, and suddenly you look over and you're like, why are you still here? Come on. Anybody ever said that to you? Hello, McFly. Why are you still here? Didn't I tell you to go? And of course, then we get the excuses. Well, I, I was going to go, but I just forgot. Or I love this one. I, I was going to go, but there's only like five more minutes left in my show. Yeah, 20 minutes ago, there was five minutes left in your show. Come on, how many I'm talking about? Or I just got one more guy to kill. If I could just kill this one more guy, then I'll go. They always have an excuse. And I just wonder this morning, if like the angels, if he's, God is looking at our lives and he's looking at your mission field and he's asking the question, why are you still here? I've given you the power of the Holy Spirit. I've sent you on a mission, I've given you a message Why are you still here? Why have you never told anybody about Jesus? Why haven't you prayed for anybody? What does the Bible say? Freely I've received, freely I give. And I just think that God is not trying to make us feel bad this morning, but he's trying to awaken us to the fact that we have been put where we are for a purpose, that he's given us a testimony, he's given us a story. So I think he's saying, quit sitting on the couch and letting the devil give us all our excuses of, well, I'm not very you know, outgoing, so I can't do that. Or, well, you don't know the people that I work with, they would, they'd give me a hard time. Or, we've got all our excuses. Or, I'm afraid. What if someone says something? Or, you no, no, I'm on a job and if I talk about Jesus, I could get fired. We always have an excuse and that's what happened with the disciples. They're straining and they're trying and they're probably talking, look at how Jesus went. Did you see him? He like moved his hand like this and then he flew this way and did you see that? He went behind that cloud and they were standing there and the disciples said, hey, quit standing here. You have a mission. You have a message. Come on, somebody. So here's, kind of the interesting thought. What do we do then? What do we do if we've been standing here? I'm just gonna make it real simple. Ready? Step out. Step out. In fact, the verse they just pulled up, let's go back to it. Mark simply says this. says, go into the world. You know what the word go means? It's a Greek word which means to travel, to depart, to go forth, to walk. But here's what I love. It comes from a root Greek word which means attempt. So it's almost as if God is just saying, just just attempt to start moving. You don't have to have all the answers, you don't have to have all the degrees, you don't have to know every single thing. Just start moving. Because you're on a path that nobody else in the world can walk. There are people in your path that nobody else will have a chance to bring the light. So don't hide it under a bushel, no. Step out. Don't let Satan give you excuses and get out. Step out. God has a purpose. God has a plan. And I'm going to tell you, as a church, we've made the decision that we are not staying where we are. We're not standing looking up into heaven, hoping that this city is saved. As a church, our theme is serve. And let me tell you what that stands for. The word serve, and the reason we chose it is simply this: number one, we're called to share the gospel. Number two, we're called to expand the church. Number three, we're called to resource our ministry partners. And number four, we're called to voice biblical justice. We're not going to stand where we are. We're not going to have the, the Lord show up and say, hey, I just returned. Why are you still standing here? You know what I want God to say to us? I want him to say, I'm sticking a fork in you because you are well done, my good and faithful servant. Somebody say amen. In other words, you realized you were on a mission. You realized you had a message. So you didn't stay where you were. You went out and you took the, the, the step. You took the risk. And as you did, Lives were changed. You know, at Higher Vision, our focus is on three areas. Jerusalem, in other words, Santa Clarita Valley. Judea and Samaria, which is Southern California and and parts of California. And then our third area is the world. And we're going to talk about the last two over the next two weeks. But this week, I want to talk about some of the ministries Beyond your mission field where you go, in our valley, I want you to see some of the ministries we're partnered with that we're supporting, whether it's volunteers, whether it's prayer, whether it's finances. I want to give you just a little taste of some of the things that together, your giving and mine, together, we're making a difference in our Jerusalem. Take a look at the screens. The program A Light of Hope really has come to shine in our community. I've been to rehabs, I've been to outpatient rehabs, and nothing did it for me. Nothing made me comfortable, nothing made me, gave me the desire to want to change. We are trying to make a difference in saving lives. We've made a difference in saving lives. Help us bring light and hope to the Santa Clarita Valley. Bridge to Home, they're here to help us to get back on track in our lives, to get that simple shower, to, to have something to eat, a safe place, and to feel, start to feel better about ourselves. The churches, the people in the community, they come around and and feed us, they they give us clothes. My life is really changing for the better. I'm able to take a good look at myself and, and look at why I was going through the things I went through and, and understand that I don't have to uh, use and drink alcohol into this month of the almost two years of sobriety i'm feeling better about myself and that that helps helps
1: me to move forward Misa. Um, uh, I ended up in pitches in uh, summer 2013. Um, never expected to be there. One day uh, I was uh, taken to the the school dorms, and uh, I was offered to take a class, and um, it was a Malachi man. Um, ever since that day inside pitches. Uh, everything was different. You know, Malachi was like a, an escape for me, being in there. Um, the brothers that would show up, uh, it was like I knew them, like we already had known each other. Uh, there was two men particularly, uh, Pat Abbott and uh, Gary Koshak that uh, really opened up and uh, they, they became like spiritual fathers to me. Malachi men taught me how to be a father, how to be a leader, how to be a servant. Um, and uh, I don't think there could have been a better program for us men inside inside that place, inside Pitches. Uh, and today we serve at a small church that's growing. Uh, I'm there along her working along with the youth ministry, uh, leading the youth and also leading worship. Malachi Ministry, uh, Higher Vision pastor of the faculty. I might not know everybody, but I really appreciate it, and a uh, special shout-out to the brothers, Brother Pat, Brother Gary. You guys uh, have been there since I started, and you guys are still here in my life. So I wouldn't change you guys for anything, for your friendship, for, for what you guys have shown me, for the, the, the brotherly love that Christ wants us to show here on this earth. And um, I really appreciate it. And, uh, thank you, Malachi, man.
0: You know what's amazing about that story? It's because of your commitments to give. This year, we're going to give somewhere in the 2016 year, between 270 to $300,000 are going out into missions and into outreaches and to things in our community and around the world. And a lot of that happens because of your giving, not just tithes, but giving in offerings. You know what they didn't show in the story is that this man was in prison Because he was in prison, he was about ready to get a divorce. He was lost, he found some men that are part of a ministry called Malachi Men that our church is connected to. In fact, we're providing next year all of the books for every prisoner at that prison over there that is in that ministry, we're providing for their books all year long. Your giving helps us do that, that's one of the things. And so this man, when he got out of prison, his marriage was falling apart, he couldn't find a job, and a couple of the guys from our church that were a part of this realized they were on a mission. And guess what? They connected them to our marriage care center. And one of the couples that do the marriage care center began working with this couple. Guess what? God saved their marriage now they're happily married. And not only are they happily married, their family home dynamic has changed. They found him a job. And not only that, now they're in a church and he's working with the youth and he's leading worship. I want to tell you, it's awesome when people simply realize they're on a mission and they're willing to share their message. You know, we help a lot of ministries, whether it's um, locally, whether it's the pregnancy center. We've saved lots of lives. The pregnancy center has saved hundreds of lives that would have been taken and aborted. We've seen situations where those that are homeless have found shelter and hope. We've seen people that are struggling with addiction with Light of Hope. Um, Help the Children is a food ministry that provides food for people. I want to tell you, God has called us. And as a church, we're not going to sit back. The Lord is not going to say, why are you standing here? I believe he's going to say, keep going, keep going, keep walking, keep using what you've been given, keep doing what you're doing. But the way that's going to happen is through you and I together. I want you to take this card out real quick. Will you pull it out? This card on the front says serve. You can see the words there, um, share, expand, resource, voice. But on the back, I want you to turn it around. I want you to look. Last year, we gave an opportunity for people in our church to make commitments, pledges to missions, and we received thousands of dollars, and the year is coming to an end, and now we have a chance to once again make commitments to serve our community and our world. And and maybe you're sitting here and you're thinking, well, Pastor Jared, listen, I've really just recently stepped out and, and started tithing, I don't know if I could afford in my budget to give an offering above on a regular basis to missions. But I want to tell you, we're going to do something this year really unique, and it's called Missions Monday. Everybody say Missions Monday. Come on, that was kind of weak. Say Missions Monday. What is Missions Monday? Here's what it is. It's the one day a week, all year long, where you and I are going to say, you know what? I'm going to forego something. I'm going to not do something so that today I can make an investment in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. Did you know that if you, because you stop by Starbucks every morning on your way to work, if just you and your spouse were to do that, just on Mondays for the rest of of 2017, you could give over $500 to missions next year. Did you know that if my son, who goes to school, just decided on Mondays, I'm not going to buy a lunch? How many know lunches are getting expensive around here? Come on now. $6 for lunch at school realize that if he just took that $6 and took a balance bar or a peanut butter sandwich, and we took that $6, you realize that he could give almost $300, like $260 to missions by just saying on Mondays, maybe it's you driving up to the, the, the gas station instead of you know filling up the gas tank and spending all 50 bucks. You say, you know, I'm going to put in 40 bucks this week. I'll get gas a little quicker. I'm going to take that, and when I get to church, I'm going to take my missions Monday money, and I'm going to invest it in the kingdom. I'm going to tell you, that if we had just 200 people, 200 people that said, I'm going to invest in missions. I'm going to forego something so that together we can help those in need. Together we can make a difference. Jewelized, we'd have thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars in this next year to literally see lives like Joe multiplied over and over and over and over again. Amen. So here's what I want you to do. I just want you to pray about it. I want you to take this card. Maybe today God's gonna to speak to your heart. Maybe you want to make a pledge and you can tear off that little piece, put it in the offering bag as it goes by. Maybe you're gonna say, you know what, I'm gonna do that thing. I'm gonna take one one coffee every Monday. I'm gonna drink the cheap stuff at, at the office and I'm gonna save that $5. And myself, I'm gonna pledge $260, $5 a week to missions on Missions Monday. Maybe God's gonna to speak to you about something else. In fact, maybe some of you god has blessed you and you have the capability to cash something in or to pull something out of an account and you can make a larger pledge maybe it's a thousand dollars maybe it's five thousand ten twenty thousand dollars maybe god has given you the gift to give this is an opportunity for you so today we just pray about it and ask the lord if he wants you to serve because i'm going to tell you i'm going to tell you stepping into the mission field isn't just about going and talking It's about sending those who have been called to make a difference. So will you pray about it? Maybe today, if the Lord speaks to you, put that amount information in the card. Or take it home, pray about it. And over the next few weeks, we're going to receive these cards. How many believe that we're going to bring in thousands of dollars to help us serve this community and this world for Jesus Christ? Come on, do you believe that? Amen? Amen.